Many predicted a whitewash, but here we are two days out from a do-or-die state-of-origin decider at Suncorp Stadium. New South Wales found their feet in Sydney to level the series, but can the boys in blue back up that performance with a Maroons fan-filled cauldron? The women make their mark with an all-time classic, Queensland claiming the phenomenal state-of-origin victory. So where do we go from here? And Cameron Smith puts a deadline on his own playing future, but is it too late? Yeah, that is correct. Cameron Smith does weigh in on his plans to play on in 2021. But is it too late? We'll have to wait and see. We'll hear from him a bit later on. Michael Sa uh, Michael Sa Howard. <laughs> I used to go by that He name. wishes he'd been me. I was already getting excited. I'm like, this is the last show. We're going to go out with a bang. Uh, but, gents, we'll look forward to Wednesday. And, I mean, after Game 2 last Wednesday, what are you expecting at Suncorp Stadium, particularly with a full capacity crowd? I'm expecting fireworks from the Queenslanders. I think if they're to win this game, they need to come out and show you know, what Tino Fasumala-Awi did against Payne Haas. I think if they come out and they can keep it tight and nitty-gritty like they did in Adelaide, it gives them a chance to win. But this Blues side, we spoke to Joey last week, and it, and it was interesting. He's not in camp with the, with the Blues. He's spoken to Freddie about the little one-percenters, the kick chase, all that kind of stuff. I know he's not inside the camp, but it just felt like... That blueprint was around Joey's advice to Brad Fittler in the kicking game with Josh Adokar and Nathan Cleary. Oh, it was sensational what Nathan Cleary was able to do in game two. I think, I think the pressure with Nathan actually helped because he reached a point in his career and he realised that if he doesn't deliver on the night, that the knives were going to be out for Nathan Cleary and what a performance. His kicking game was first class and uh, someone like you, Sal, we can appreciate that. Oh, you, I loved you, it. You kicked teams to death throughout your career. Loved it. He did that to Queensland. Well, I couldn't tackle them to death, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it, just the thought behind it, I thought it was just... Obviously, it's easy to play an origin like that when you're on the front foot and the Blues forwards gave him a platforming, but his kicking game gave them chances to score points. Cody Walker was fantastic. I thought it was one of the best games I've seen Nathan play. Yeah, from, from start to finish. And that's including NRL. And he's had some crackers. Yeah, that's a big call. Uh, let's just talk a bit more about the crowd. This is the first time we will see, we will see the biggest crowd in the world since the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're going to have at least 50,000 fans there at Suncorp Stadium. Is that a really big advantage for Queensland? Does it really play that much of an impact? Huge. Yeah. Because I, I made my debut there in 2011 and running out to that crowd, you know... It, they just want blood. They just want blood. The, the, the build-up around Caxton Street, I'm sure it'll be different a little bit with COVID, but they just want to see Queensland win. And having watched the decider in 2017 up there at Queensland uh, with my wife, it was just... It's just totally different up there, footy. Like, they really breathe footy. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge advantage for them. They call it the cauldron for a reason, don't ah. they? Were you, were you nervous, Sally, because it was in Queensland more than any, any other game you've played? Game one, I wasn't. Um, game three, I was probably a little bit more nervous. We'd emphasise so much about trying to take him out for the first 20 minutes and just keep it tight because game one, we probably realistically should have won. Um, but, yeah, when you look at that side, the 2011 side, I actually Googled it the other day for a project and, like, <laughs> I think there's six immortals in the side. Yeah. Well, like, it was Lockie's last game. Uh, Thurston was there. Cronk was coming off the bench. Slater, Inglis, you know, Hodges, Thiday, all these guys. So, But... The first 20 minutes is so important on Wednesday night. If New South Wales are nil-nil after 20 minutes, they'll win the game. Yeah, OK. Well, Queensland have got their backs against the wall and we did hear Paul Gallen back up claims that it was the worst Queensland team in history. But Daly Chair Evans has weighed in. 
you know, obviously um, we're, we're super happy that there's going to be so many people um, in Suncorp. It's, it's a special place to play footy and um, you can just you just know that those extra couple of thousand people are going to make a massive difference. That, that place roars when it's a full capacity. So, you know, as a Queensland player, it's a proud moment running out um, and I've got no doubt they're going to get behind us. We need to give them something to cheer for tomorrow night and I, I know we can do it. There's certainly a stat that backs up for the Queensland Maroons team and in the 40 years of origin in the decider, so there's been 21 times that it's gone to a decider. The Maroons have won 14 of those, the Blues just five and two draws, but this is another stat that'll get you. Queensland have been so dominant that in those Queensland deciders, they've won nine and the Blues just two. And so we actually got shown footage of the, the decider, 2005 decider, in the Blues camp uh, with Ricky Stewart at the start of 2011, it was an amazing game. Like the Blues defended their line, I think for about six or seven minutes. A straight kick, Minicello picks it up and runs the length of the field. Like that's the kind of stuff the Blues are going to have to do: defend like they did in Game Two, but also have the energy to be able to get up the other end. Nathan Cleary's kicking game is going to be important. The Queenslanders will get every call. I, I, I disagree with Paul Gallon in one phase. You can look at the team and say it's not their strongest, but. Have a look at the teams they've had the last 15 years. They've had some of the greatest players to ever play the game. It's 1-1. Mm. You don't have to be the best team to win this series. You have to just go one game at a time and they've put themselves in the frame like Queenslanders do time after time to win this series. And that man on screen, Corey Allen, he'll play fullback and Valentine home shift to the wing. Heard it here first, really? No, not really. I just think, <laughs> well, we didn't see Val in game two. Mm. We didn't see him, the best of him, at, at fullback, and that was an advantage for New South Wales, I thought. Game three, he goes back to the wing. Corey Allen's been playing fantastic for South at fullback, and it'll it encouraged Val to get into the game. He has to be busy. I said this on the show many times. I don't think Valentine Holmes is a top-class fullback. Now, Corey Allen's shown at South Sydney over the last six weeks of the season that he's more than capable, and, and Val Holmes is a better finisher than, than Corey Allen. So I think it makes sense now if they go down that path and play Allen at number one. I just want to go back to your point earlier about Queensland and the way their tactics and the way they try and win this game. I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the spoiling tactics and, and what Tino did there and trying to get under New South Wales' skin because if it's a free-flowing game of football... I don't think they're going to match New South Wales. So is that the key? Unsettle them, make it a scrappy affair and, and get under their skin? Yeah, well, what we saw in Game 2 was the free-flowing football from New South Wales brought Tedesco into the game. Cleary was kicking wherever he liked. Walker, you know, you think back to Game 1 last year, they smothered Walker, they didn't let him get into the game and actually put him off his game. So for Queensland, all that fire and fight and gusto that we saw was probably a little bit too late for them. If they come out and, like I said, jump off to 4-6-0 up there with the crowd, they're going to get every call... Yeah, you know, that, that's almost like 10-0 up there. So mm. New South Wales need to start well. They won't have it all their own way. They're going to be coming off their own line again. It, I don't think it'll be as free and open as what we expect. You know, the last 10... I mean, first 10 minutes the other night, two tries scored. You know, one for Queensland, one for New South Wales. So yeah. I think it'll be a real tight affair, but hopefully New South Wales weather that and blow them away. A big uh, win for Queensland is Cameron Munster. is in, according to our NRL.com reporter, Joel Gould. So... Him being out for most of game two, what impact will he make being in that side? Well, there's, play, there's some players you get ready in the dressing room and when they're putting the boots on, you feel instantly comfortable. And Cameron Munster will be one of those guys for the Queenslanders. Him not playing 
the majority of game two really would have thrown their game plan out. And I felt a little bit sorry for Ben Hunt, to be honest, because it was similar to Luke Keary in game one. They were off their own line the whole game. New South Wales were rolling down and Ben Hunt was expected to try and come up with some plays to get them up the other end when New South Wales were cooking. So uh, I think that he'll change, definitely be a bit more of a threat running the footy. And the second phase promotion. You saw when Queensland in game one, once they promoted the footy and Cherry Evans and Munster started running, that's when the big forwards for New South Wales started to struggle. And what about for Ben Hunt being dropped? You mentioned that Harry Grant comes into the side. What will be his involvement in this match? Well, I think, I think it'll be to create some spark off the bench because I think Queensland lacked that in game two. They, I know Jake Friend, they didn't have the option of Ben Hunt coming off the bench and they looked stale in attack in that second half. So when Harry Grant comes on the field, I know they lose a little bit defensively with, with Jake Friend going off, but his, his, his mission will be to cause havoc through the middle of the field for, for New South Wales. I think New South Wales... X Factor was their bench in game two. You saw Yo came on, uh, Nathan Brown obviously at the back end, but Junior Paulo was fantastic for Nukin, and Queensland didn't have anything to counter that. Now they've got a guy that if they're rolling down the middle of the field, Harry Grant can come on and, and play that sort of second fiddle. I don't think I think you'll see them both on the field at the same time at some stage if they're chasing the game, but he can keep momentum or he can change momentum. That's what Harry Grant can do. Confident that he won't be overawed by the occasion 22 on debut? No. 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 Okay. Good. Let's talk about the New South Wales Blues then. What changed from game one to game two? And do they lose game three themselves? They can. They can. We saw in game one. I don't think they went down there with the attention to detail to Adelaide that they had in game two. And with the series on the line, it's do or die on, on Wednesday night. Their kicking game changed. Their energy levels changed. I, I reckon that Brad Fittler had a chat to Josh Adokar and said... Hey, Josh, do you remember that time you scored a try from your own half when Cameron Smith kicked down there? You can do that for us three times a game and put pressure on the wingers. And they, they turned Philip Sammy inside out and built pressure. And what it does is, as a half, if I'm putting the kick on the money and I get my job right and Michael's chasing and getting his job right, it allows us to build pressure as a team. If I'm not getting the kick right and he's not chasing or he's chasing and I'm not getting the kick in the right areas, then we start to go stagnant with our attack, which is what we saw from New South Wales in Game 1. As a former kicker in general play, how much did New South Wales take advantage of the fact Philip Sammy started to drop back, the early kicks, the wingers started to drop back? How much space was created on the edge because the wingers weren't sure where Nathan was going to kick? That's the perfect game plan. Yeah, if you see space early on, I loved early kicks because then you've got the wingers starting to drop back early and then we can shift. You can't shift if he's standing up in the line. And with Val Holmes not playing a lot of footy towards the back end of the year at fullback, they were able to get down into that corner and build some pressure. Game one, we didn't see it. They were coming off their own line. He just had to keep turnover possession. And that's going to be the hard thing for New South Wales. If they are in a grind, how does Nathan go when they're coming off their own line? How does he still create opportunities? And what Joey said last week was perfect. You know, attention to detail, kicking game, kick chase, all that stuff was on for New South Wales for the whole 80 minutes. They didn't do it in game one. What about Ryan Pappenhausen? He's been a big talking point. And today, Freddie has said to Chris Kennedy, another NRL.com reporter, that he, he'll be 1-17 to 17 and he won't play. Are you thinking there could be games? Look, Fred, you have to take Freddie on face value. And he hasn't lied about his team once mm. throughout these three years as he's, he's been in charge. I know you're more sceptical, though. I, I, <laughs> I don't think Ryan Pappenhausen's playing. If they do, then New South Wales are full of sore. I just don't think that's in Freddie's... It's not the way he operates, Fred. No, it's not, but this, like this kid, it's just... I mean, you think about the field goal he hits against the Roosters in the game of the year to tie the game. His form against Parramatta were playing at Suncorp. Like, Suncorp 
stadium is built for Ryan Pappenhausen. Nice, fast game. Maybe he makes that change with Nathan Brown late. He, he probably won't, but it'd be hard to leave him out. But Freddie will most likely reward the game too. Well, that's where Ryan Pappenhausen, ma Pappenhausen made a name for himself during that uh, All-Stars round. Remember against the yeah. Eagles and they ran right at the Storm there and he came off the bench and, and went crazy. I, I don't think it'll... Unfortunately, if he plays game one, he plays all three games, but the calf injury he had in game one cost him the spot in the, in the series. All right, well, with that being said, who's your prediction for game three? I'm going New South Wales. I think that they win 24-10, 24-12. I think it's a close one, this one. I think, yeah, two, four points. Like last year, New South Wales lost game one, came back game two and won game three on the bell. I think it'll be very similar this time around. Got a scoreline for me? Let's go 22-18. All right. I'm 22-18, but I'm Queensland. Oh. In a blue dress. In a blue dress. <laughs> it's been fun. It has been fun. <laughs> I didn't actually do that deliberately. I didn't. I didn't. But if you want to be there at Suncorp Stadium, make sure you go to nrl.com forward slash tickets because there are still some available on Wednesday night. Be there. Be part of history. Limited amount of tickets. And they're available from $70. So make sure you get on there now. You can watch that live and exclusive on Channel 9 if you can't be there to witness the action. But now... What, what were you going to feel like? I said none of us down here are going to be able to witness the action, unfortunately. Not allowed in. I know. Mm. It's a bit tactical there from the Premier, possibly. Ridiculous yeah. is what it is. We'll get to that in hit or miss. That's mm. when we'll, we'll save that discussion for then. But let's talk about the women's state of origin and Queensland were crowned champions on Friday night against New South Wales. It starts a lot of different discussions, but, gents, what did you make of that 70-minute performance, the first of 70 minutes, because it's been 60 in the past? Well, it's a little bit different to the NRLW, obviously, that 60 minutes, but Queensland were dominant, you know, for la large parts. Of this girl right right here, Tamika Upton, I mean, seriously, she's going to be causing headaches for New South Wales for years to come. She was fantastic in NRLW this year and then just played her heart out. That is nil all, grind, set for set, going back to back, and then all of a sudden you get broken open with a play like that. I thought Kezi Apps was a lot better than what she was in NRLW this year, but unfortunately uh, the form of the Queenslanders and those Brisbane Broncos girls that have won three in a row really shone through on the night. That's why they win. Michael, do you think it was the best display of women's rugby league we've seen? Uh, we've shown with the women's rugby league the high-quality games are outstanding. And uh, to be honest with you, all three Origin games since they rebranded at State of Origin for the women have been fantastic. And that, that's not the problem for the women's game. The, the actual... When the best players get together, they put on a show and it's, it's top class. And the concerns around the women's game going forward and how they grow it isn't around this level. It's whether they have the talent to field more NRLW teams going forward. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was very impressed. I was very surprised, though, no disrespect to Taryn Aiken, that Tamika Upton didn't get man of the match. Or woman of the match, sorry. And then Ellie Doherty medal. Why? Why? Well, we saw in the highlights there. <laughs> she probably deserved it, so... I don't know. I guess there are better judges than me. Oh, lucky you're not the judge. <laughs> but she did. She did have a great... She well, has had was, a great year as well, and she did have a great game. It was similar to James Tedesco and Nathan Cleary last week. Like, you could have easily given the man of the match to Tedesco, but Cleary, you know, like, to, like Aitken, had hands on the ball a lot more, scored a try, set one up, so you probably give it to the playmaker. There was a few fabulous things that she's done in there, too. She's pretty like, good. Five tackle breaks. Oh, look, I'm not of, saying she was a dumb. Look out, she's there's going to be an army of people again. Hang on a second. I said it was, she was unlucky. Can you believe She's only win. 21. Taryn? Yeah. 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 yeah, you know what else I can believe? She's born in New South Wales. <laughs> yeah. Gosford, just Gosford. up the road. 
and another Queenslander. That's in Queensland, apparently. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. We're going to have to check out where this line is for Queensland. Can someone get an updated line? It doesn't stress down to Gosford. My goodness. <laughs> who are you cheering for, Katie? Because you've spread your allegiances across women's, men's, New South Wales, Queensland. Who are you cheering for on Friday night? No, I went for Queensland. Okay. I tipped them. I actually was only two points off the score, and I did get first yeah. try scorer in to make her up. I mean, I don't know. Oh, the was born in, he was bagging it two minutes ago. Were <laughs> you born in Grafton? Yeah. Yeah, that's in Queensland. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I don't know. You're making the rules <laughs> up. Ridiculous. Oh, all right. Well, I guess the, the only other question I wanted to ask about the women's state of origin was, in future, are we going to see a series? Do we need to push to make it a three- or two-game series? Hasn't this caused up a little bit of controversy the last mm. 24, 48 hours? Look, I think the, the quality of origin is good enough to go to, to two games, potentially three. Uh, where you fit in the schedule is going to be the debate. Now, as I said to you a little bit earlier, my issue isn't around the top level. I think the top level's fantastic. It's talk around the NRLW, and if we go to six teams instead of four, and we extend the season to nine weeks and play each other three times or six weeks, I don't know if, if there is enough talent to maintain enough talent to maintain quality games of football in each game. And the same thing is with the men's as well. After Origin, I, I, I don't know if we have the quality to go to 17 teams, to be honest, in the men's. So that's my concern. But I think Origin needs to go at least to two games. Yeah, I'd keep it at one and potentially two, have it like a Bledisloe sort of style that if you don't win the Shield, so New South Wales would have to win two games next year. I just worry about the week after. Like, it's it's such a spectacle and an event that everyone watches at the moment and I love sitting down to watch it. I don't know if there'd be that same excitement a week later if they had to come back to New South Wales and all that kind of stuff. So Why I'm, not? Well, I've just been... The last two times I've seen Origin build up, I haven't seen the excitement around the men's game this year, to be honest. But that, I think that's been because of COVID. Yeah, and I'm just... I'm wary of growing the, the women's game to a point where you have three games for State of Origin and you're only playing four games in a season. I reckon you need to concentrate on getting the development over here, getting more teams, getting more girls playing before you worry about the elite end at the moment. Because you know that that's a great product. You know that that's going to sell tickets and going to get people through the gates. But this is where we need people getting to the games and, and watching games and all that kind of stuff first before we start to grow that. I'm happy at one game at the moment. Do we? Yeah, that's, you asked my opinion. I'm I happy know, at one game. I know, I'm just questioning your opinion. I just don't know whether there'd be the excitement a week later to, for a back-to-back -back series like that. I'm on Michael's side with this discussion, I think. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, he's raised some valid yeah, points. And, and the structure of the season needs to be considered when making that decision. I don't think there's any point playing three games of origin if you're only going to stay at NRLW at four games. It's, it's laughable, to be honest with you. Four-game season, they deserve to play a longer season. And I think that's the plan going forward. Now... Is there going to be three origins in the middle of the year and then have a six weeks break and then come back for four games? That's the sort of thing that NRL has to weigh up. And uh, as Sal, we said, the showpiece events aren't the concern. That, that, that is actually a really yeah. good spectacle. And if you ask those, yeah. those women if they would like a longer regular season and still only have one game, they would love a longer regular season mm. because it would mean more time training, more time developing their skills, more exposure across that rather than play four games, let's keep it at four teams and then just go to three-game series because the top-end girls are the best of the best. We understand that. It's time now to bring everyone else with those girls so that we have, in three years' time, eight teams who are playing a 10-week competition. And if it's still only at one game, it's still going to get people through the gates and still going to be a fantastic game of rugby league like we saw. If we go too big too early, then we dilute this and we dilute that and it's not the same. I just worry about that. 
plenty of discussions to be had and it brings up a lot of conversation so it's all healthy anyway but we need to talk about one man who has been in the headlines basically for the entire season and much of his career that's Cameron Smith and he is still undecided over his future he did launch his book today and weighed in on whether or not he'll play in 2021. I don't know it's it, it's all it, it's not going to be about picturing myself playing in a different jersey or for a different club it's about whether it's it's about whether I want to make that commitment to play again and if it is and if it's at another club then I'll have to adjust to that um, but yeah you know, throughout my career I've never really seen myself playing for another club but I'm in the situation I'm in now and um, you know the 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 storm have been great about it. they've left me alone all year contrary to, to reports <laughs> that they said that people have been unhappy with me and you know whatever that they spoke to me early on and said mate i just just worry about this year and play well and whenever it is that you want to make a decision you make a decision i want to know what that decision is going to be what do you think do you think he leaves the door open for yeah. titans or broncos <laughs> yeah but he does he's that got a great he's pubs, very good at that isn't he yeah, he's so good he's very good. <laughs> he'd be a great poker player i, 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 I don't know i mean I'd love to see him at the Titans. Mm. I would love to see him at the Titans. With what they're building this year, their roster, to be able to bring a guy like Cameron Smith in and play in a role that they need filling in the number nine role would be a really, really big coup. So, um, again, I, I hate seeing the greats of our game retire, Chan. They've been awfully quiet, the Titans, on this. It just makes me feel, you know, is Mal just orchestrating something in the background? And Mal can keep a secret, and, and he and Cameron Smith are very close. So, oh, yeah. I just wonder. I just wonder. He, he leaves a little bit there to think, you know what? He's considering it. He's planted the seed there that it's not going to be Melbourne or nowhere else. So, yeah. anyway, it's well, the Cameron He did Smith say, book. yeah, in his book, a storm, The Storm Within, um, that he wouldn't play at the Storm if it meant that Brandon Smith or Harry Grant would go to another club. Yeah. So, does that almost sum up your answer that potentially he can't stay at Melbourne Storm, or do you think that there still is? Oh, I don't, I don't think he'll be at the Storm. I, I, yeah. I think that the Storm has now. To the, they're going to upgrade Josh Adokar and they wouldn't be able to do that unless the Cameron Smith money that's been reserved is now being moved elsewhere. So for me, right. he's weighing up, does he play for the Titans or, or Broncos does or does he retire? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the Broncos. I don't think it's the Broncos. I think it's the Titans will retire. Yeah. Okay then, Cameron Smith will be doing what in 2021? I'll get you to finish the sentence. Michael, you can go first. I'm changing my mind. He's playing for the Titans. <laughs> Cameron Smith will be passing the ball to Tino Fasil Malawi in 2021. As coach or as <laughs> I just said passing staff? the ball. Is I said passing the ball. Queensland, Australia, what's he doing? I don't know. What's he doing? I don't know. I want him to play again. Oh, yeah, Why so not? do I. Yeah, he's, he's still tearing teams apart. It's he's not still, done. It's still a masterclass. So. If you're still feeling good and fit, yeah. you, just, you just keep playing, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Are, are, are the Titans... A top two premiership contender if no. they get Cameron Smith. Oh. No. Yeah. Whereabouts do you put them? Top they four? They are in that six, top six. Okay. Top six, top seven. Well, they're we had them making the eight anyway. They're, they're premiers. Pull it now. All right, we'll, um, we'll turn to a bit of news in the NRL now. And uh, there's some news around Brent Naden. Michael, there's been a statement the Panthers have put out today. Can you just give us um, a bit more of information around this statement um, about him going into some voluntary yeah. rehab? Yeah, Naden's uh, been checked into a, a rehab facility in the Northern Beaches in regards to some alcohol, alcohol issues he's been struggling with. He's approached the club 
in the last month or so in regards to these issues. And uh, look, the club's concerned for his welfare. He's, I think he's been in there for a couple of weeks now. He's, he's got one more week before he leaves. Uh, they haven't said a lot. They, they are worried about his welfare and hope, hopefully he comes out of this OK and he's back paying for the Panthers next year. But uh, look, my understanding was it's a, it was a contributing factor to why he didn't play in that prelim against South Sydney. So I, I think there's been some issues bubbling along in the background for some time. So hopefully for Brent Nade and his family, he can look after himself and get himself right and, and back in the, the Panthers jersey next year. Yeah, I, when stuff like this happens, um, I think footy's the furthest thing. I think we need to worry about the person and, and realise people make mistakes, people make wrong decisions all the time. And when someone's gone to the club and, and asking for a little bit of help, you know, you've got to commend the Panthers for obviously making that decision, but also Brent as well. So if we never ever see Brent Nathan in a, a rugby league jersey again, as long as he gets the help he needs and to help his family, I think that's a win. So yeah. off the back of that, you know, it's, sometimes it's easy to put the, the footy first and we want our team to win, but yeah, he's still a person we need to take care of, so hopefully he's OK. Yeah, really sad and definitely um, respect his privacy. During this time, a bit of player movement, though, Michael. We'll move our attention to some movers and somebody at the Penrith Panthers, Josh Mansell. Where could you see him going? What's happening? Look, I think the Tigers remain the front-runners for Josh Mansell's services next year. That, that, the negotiations between the two parties revolve around how many years Josh Mansell will be there. He obviously has one more year to go at the Penrith Panthers. The Tigers are willing to give him an extra year, a one extra year. He wants two extra years and his manager's pushing for two extra years. Josh is 30 years old. He'll be 31 midway through next year. I don't know if many clubs have the appetite to give a 30-year-old a three-year deal. So if, if Josh is willing to take two years, which he may end up having to do because I don't think anyone wants to give him three years, then he could well be a West Tiger. A, a few things may need to fall elsewhere, though. The thing is, the longer he stays at the, at the Penrith Panthers, the less the Tigers have to pay because he's currently getting paid by the Penrith Panthers. He's on $450,000 next year. So with each month that passes by, the Tigers get him cheaper and cheaper. And I think Penrith know they're going to have to chip in a little bit because 250, maybe 280, the, the Tigers will chip in for Mansell next year. That's quite smart of the, the West Tigers as well. Another teammate, uh, Stephen Crichton. Now you had that in the Sydney Morning Herald today. Please explain. It's, this is a circus. The, the whole situation around <laughs> Stephen Crichton. And so Stephen Crichton, three, four, five months ago, he was offered a three-year deal with the Penrith Panthers on $1.5 million. He verbally accepted that. And my understanding is he shook hands with Ivan Cleary and said oh, he will commit to that deal. The reason it wasn't signed then and there is because he wanted to, to get out of his deal with his current manager. So Penrith agreed to wait until the end of the year, till he got a new manager, to sign the deal. Now he's got a new manager and they want more money, which that's, that's up to him. That's up to, to Stephen Crichton. He has every right to chase whatever he wants to do. Penrith are disappointed that the fact that he has now changed his mind and wants to pursue an option to get, opportunity to get more money. His manager claims there was never a handshake deal, but as I wrote today in the Sydney Morning Herald, Brent Nader, uh, Brent Nader, sorry, Stephen Crichton told me, and I quoted him today, that he did shake Ivan Cleary's hand, but he wants to see if he can get more money, which is good luck to him. But there was a handshake deal... The ramifications now are falling out. He comes out of Origin Camp on Thursday. Good luck to Penrith trying to keep him at the club. I think they will. Unfortunately, they're going to have to pay a bit more money for Penrith's sake. They're going to have to pay more to Stephen Crichton, which he probably deserves. He's probably worth six, seven hundred thousand more than he was three or four months ago. Does that make any sense at all? Uh, no. A little bit. 
Yeah. Did you ever I mean, if you try to grab thousand your in your career, you missed that twilight oh, moments? Yeah, five years. Um, look, I was a handshake person, to be honest. You know, I, I shook hands with the Dragons and Nathan Brown and the Roosters uh, had a chat with Chris Anderson, uh, one last chat, but I'd already said that I'd handshake. This is obviously a long time ago now, yeah. but I don't think we can blame, you know, Obviously, Ivan thinks he's got a deal done there, but I think we can blame Stephen Crichton. You know, I read no. your article this morning, and there's some stuff there that sometimes as people, we don't understand how much he's supporting that family, his no. family. So, mm. you know, you don't get a chance to make a lot of money, and you may as well make as much as you can. So, yeah, and until and it's know. signed, because if it was the other way, the club would be easy. Of course. You know, look at Josh Mansell. Yeah. A week after the grand final, the club wants to move him on. So you can't have it both ways where we're on the club side or the fan side. Sometimes we need to just let the player go and get as much as he can. No, no, and as the Tigers fans have quite rightly reminded Ivan, probably no position to talk about honouring deals <laughs> at the moment. So look, I, I just think for Penrith, they planned their salary cap around $500,000 for Stephen Crichton. Reality is they're probably going to upgrade him. It's just going to have to come out of someone else's salary. Salary when they've got Jerome Luai, Isaiah Yeo, Spencer Lenu to all keep at the club. OK. Last but not least, Jerome Hughes, Melbourne Storm half. Is yeah. going to stay? He's, yeah, he's got, one, he's got one more year down there. He's a free agent as of November 1 a couple of weeks ago. The Warriors are very keen to get him across to New Zealand. Uh, the Storm want to keep him, but he's another player who, on the back of a premiership, is worth more than he was six weeks ago. And... I think you'll find the interest there. Melbourne, depending on what happens with the players they keep, may not be able to off may not be able to offer him what he can elsewhere. The decision will be: Do you want to stay here and contend for premierships, or do you want to go to a club and rebuild? Only Jerome Hughes can answer that question. Mm. All right. Well, with that being said, I think it's time to move to hit or miss. Now this first one's a little cheeky. Anastasia Palaget should get to lift the trophy if Queensland... Wins. Boo! <laughs> Worst decision ever, not letting the team in to commentate. Nah, she shouldn't even be allowed to go to the game. <laughs> why? I don't usually even ask why, actually. It's only hit or miss, so you're going... A it's state of miss. origin, Anastasia, OK? Do the study on it. There's only one voice to state of origin, okay. and it's Rabs, OK? And then the final word is Gus. Then you can have Lockie and Wally and Fatty and all that kind of stuff. Get the crew together for one game. They'll be okay, all right? They'll do, do tests and all that kind of stuff. It was okay in Adelaide. It'll be okay in Queensland. Maybe the Premier just wants to call the game. Oh, I can't wait to see that text from Gladys next uh, on Thursday morning when the Blues <laughs> lift that shield. You Gladys, you, put me in a group text. <laughs> I, I'm going to say chump. Yeah, I'm going chump. That's it or me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just I'm going to chump in this segment. Yeah, well, After it's, three years, Michael. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's relevant. It's relevant. Okay. I'm going to chump her. Champ or chump, I'm bringing it into this segment. She's a chump. Uh, and, and it's not even about origin. Some of, the, some of the restrictions that were enforced on the players, based on optics, were ridiculous. So. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, miss. All right, big yeah. fans here. That Let's one. move on. Wayne Bennett must play Corey Allen at fullback. Hit or miss. I know that you're a, you're a hit for that. You want him at fullback? Hit. Yeah, I, I just think for Val's game to get him involved, if Queensland are to win, Val will score a try and he's going to have to have probably 15 or 20 carries. And we just didn't see the best of Val Holmes in game two. And, and this man on screen, Chamis, he came in and Latrell Mitchell went down and, and myself included said, Rabbitohs can't do anything in this competition. Wayne Bennett put him to fullback, didn't want him at Brisbane, struggled to get him in the side at Souths, and somehow got the best out of him. You ride the hot hand. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's hit for me more, more along the lines of the fact that 
Val's not a fullback, he's a winger. Yeah. A yeah. world class winger. So, yeah, look, Corey Allen, if you said to me Corey Allen's going to be the Queensland fullback at the start of the year, I would have given you some serious money for that. So, <laughs> he's done well, Corey Allen, but yeah, I, I think Val's just not the right option for Queensland. All right, moving on. Payne Haas and Tino Fasua Malaawi are the next great origin rivalry. Hit or miss, because I loved what I saw. I hope so. Too. I hope so. It was okay, great well, to see. Okay, we'll hit or miss. Oh, sorry for <laughs> trying to elaborate a little bit more. It's a hit for me. They are. Yeah, they. I think they will be. And look, people during the week were criticising this, and they were right that there was no hate between the two states. I miss Greg Burr spraying Queensland. I miss Anthony what were having a crack at them, and Paul Gallon and the two heads. Like Origin five years ago, when players actually attacked the other team in the build-up was enthralling and that and it shows with the ratings the highest ratings was during that period when New South Wales were giving it to Queensland they may have been losing but they were giving it to them and we were interested finally there's something a little bit of spice between the two between the two teams it needs to continue <laughs> I just wanted Payne Haas to pick me up and rock me to sleep in those arms what <laughs> they were just dreamy as I was with the jersey ripped what is yeah. happening jersey yeah. ripped jersey ripped yeah. okay I just wanted him to pick me up and rock me to sleep it was Dreaming. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm rattled by seeing it again. Um, listen. You sweet. You mean it's take five? <laughs> it's on it here. <laughs> listen, uh, I thought that was fantastic the other night. It was really good, hard origin footy, and I loved it. Fasul Malawi taking it to Haas, and, and Haas not taking a backward step. And you thought for the millionth time, I know we don't want to encourage violence and punching and all that stuff, but for the millionth time you thought you were going to see a few little, oh mate, oh mate, and then break up. And then when that first one went, I think everyone jumped out of their seat and was like, okay, righto Peter Volandis, you've changed so much, how do we just let them go at it for origin and, and see what happens from there? Sure there'll be some suspensions, sure there'll be some monetary fines, but yeah, if you find them five grand, I think the boys would do it again. So I loved it. Yeah, I was glad that they only got fined and they can play game three. Well, if you ha if you had a fine system, seriously, you could treat Origin completely separate in the judiciary. Well, that's to because me because you don't see the unless you see a blatant head high. Or... Yeah, to, to to me that was the door opening for the, for the the. Punch you think that'll it. be changed? Oh, well, if they said so the how fact much... they didn't get a striking charge, they got contrary conduct. To me, that's the slight opening of the door to be. In, you know what? To next year, you think there might be a little bit. Maybe. Oh, not maybe a free... we shouldn't admit that. This is NRL.com, and we don't know what the uh, match review committee are thinking. But perhaps the door is opening a little bit for a, a bit of feeling. Let's say. Yes. Okay. I'm all for that. I mm. like that. And last but not least, uh, NRLW games should be 70 minutes from 2021. So for some context, we saw the State of Origin match for the first time, 70 minutes, 35 minute halves. Hit. Yeah, if you want to, you know, if the girls want to be the same way as the guys, which they want the game to be as close as they can. What we saw the other night was a lot more fatigue in that last 10 minutes, so or the last five minutes of each half, uh, which brings games back into it. I think this year uh, our producer was saying that most margins in the NRLW was about 10 points, mm. you know, which is a bit of a blowout in that game, but the more fatigue you can get into the game, the more you see brilliant skill from Tamika Upton, uh, Bovetti Welsh there. Yeah, that's that's what we want to see. We want to see open rugby league. Maybe the extra five minutes each way, Chamas gives us that. Miss for me. Uh, I, I just think fatigue opens the door to more injuries, and there were a hell of a lot of injuries in the NRLW this year. But there wasn't that many in. No, in origin, origin there wasn't. There wasn't in origin, but geez, the, go look at the Dragons and talk. Imagine if they had to go an yeah. extra ten minutes and 
And that was only over a four-week competition. But that could be it's, with the format changing with the state comps too, because let's not forget there was they a bit were playing of a break. full yeah. state comps. Yeah, but there needs to be right up until the week. There needs of to be the some NRLW. alignment from the state competition to the NRLW and say, right, what's going to get the girls the most money? What's going to get them the most exposure? NRLW. Okay, yeah. let's trim this down a little bit. Let's give them a longer preseason so they can get their bodies right, so they can go the seventy minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but the same question that I say about the women's game is for the men's does the six again rule, is the fatigue actually making players more vulnerable to injuries? And we've seen a lot more injuries in the men's this year as well. So We saw different protocols, travel on game day. Yeah, they're all a factor. All so for me, stuff, so. I think that the fact that there were so many injuries in RLW this year, that may increase if we go to 70 minutes. Okay. Hit for me. No worries. Let's move to champ or chump. And we've got Steph Hancock to start things. This is a shieldy, so kind of like a shilly, but with the shield. <laughs> this was pretty impressive. So uh, Steph Hancock has yeah. retired from representative rugby league and she has, I think she's played 16 origins. Scored a try as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like she's Queensland is lifting the shield. Chump. I can't. Oh. Sorry, Steph. Sorry, Steph. But the shieldy. Oh, the, sh the actual motion the of actual the shieldy. The actual shieldy? It's a Queensland. It's very impressive, but it's a Queenslander doing it. I will not champ that. Wow. Champ. <laughs> what about for you? I wonder what Anastasia Palaszczuk thinks, because you know, is that COVID safe? It oh. <laughs> might have to... Uh... Honestly, who is this? <laughs> champ for me. I love it. I love it. At least they weren't wearing goggles. I feel like this. the next one can't even be a champ. This is Millie Boyle. We saw her battered, oh. bruised and broken. This is day two, she wrote on social media. And I just appreciate that she is not hiding from it and posting on her social media, giving <laughs> the fans what she they want, the update. You can't hide from that. <laughs> you actually looked like that not long ago. Remember no, you I cop didn't. You did after you popped that head mark <laughs> in that, that game bad. for South Sydney. You, 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 you were actually, yeah, not too bad. I better be careful what I say here. <laughs> you, that, when she got the no. play the ball, that nose... No, thank you. There was, I don't want oh, any part of that. I feel like she's such a champ for that. Um, last but not least, nobody really picked this up. I didn't either until Karina Brown, uh, one of the Maroons players, actually showed me this video. But there was a streaker on the field. Not a, not a naked streaker, though. A streaker who gave Karina his number. She was trying, he was trying to give her <laughs> a piece of paper in the game. Idiot. And she said, look, I would have, but it was fifth and last. I had to chase. Like, Idiot. do it in the first tackle. But also... We're chumping him, right? He's a, he's a dead set chump. But she how did security well. not oh, stop I know. him? I know. They didn't how did no one stop him? He got off the field him? and there was no security still. Do you know who pushed him off? Kennedy Charrington, the Blues water girl, Ken ball girl. Kennedy Charrington should have tackled him. So apparently she lifted him and pushed oh, him over she? the side, but that was stopped filming, yeah. Yeah. Because she, yeah, she's got some sass she that She lifted woman, so him over the fence. Yeah, over the, um, do you know how they've got the signage? Wow. The electrical signage. serious Yeah, strength. she just. There you go. She's strong. We can't say what he really is, that bloke, on this. No, he, he's a chump. We've no, he's, him. he's more than that. It's what like, it's a bit inappropriate, right? More than a bit. Oh, of course it is. And, and the it's fact that he was clothed probably actually helped him disguise more because no, no one that, actually that paid attention so to That is so dangerous and dumb and just from a, a real, you know, you know what, to go there and act this like... Is, see, that's Kennedy down there. She should have just wrestled him. She should have wrestled him from behind, just bang. I'm sure she gave grade him one. quite a good serve. Just, no, like grade, grade seven. Three. Grade seven. <laughs> grade seven, just a real John Referred Cena. straight to judiciary. John Cena, head high, straight around the chops, wasn't he? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Chemist Warehouse Couch commentators, we have two winners, and I'm going to announce them very, very shortly. But last week, Michael, you actually said oh, that did, you would commentate. So please take it away. What? To what? What am I going to go. we've got, We've got you. We've got your piece of vision. You just oh, don't know it. Really? Here we go. This. You know the game. Oh, I definitely know this. The great, Call it. Great. Okay, here we go. 
Benny, oh, I feel embarrassed here. Here we go. Hornby out to Soward. Crossfield kick. Gasniger! He's over! Gasniger is there! Oh, what a kick from Soward! Unbelievable! The Dragons are in. They've hit back through Gasnia. And look at the army. They're going nuts. Including myself in row 27, seat 14B. Let's I am so impressed. That was awesome. Get no. me up to Suncorp. Get me up there, Rabs. We've hit, him. We've hit back from nil all. We've hit back from nil all. I was excited. I was... <laughs> that was really good. Thanks, mate. I, uh, I didn't know you had that in you. Thank I... you. I'll take it. Can we roll it again? Can we give Katie Brown a go? No. We're just have one go, go to our two winners. Just have no, one go. Two winners. Just have one to last show. Here we go. No, I don't even Go, know. come on, quick. No, all right, man down. Fifth and last, is it fifth and last? Yes. Fifth and last, he's got to make a play, Jen. He's got to make a play. Sowing the ball, he's very trustworthy. Puts it up. Perfect timing, oh, Gutney down. Is it in time, gents? Will he be in front? Scenes, absolute scenes. Michael Chavis. <laughs> I spotted him in the crowd. <laughs> okay, what? Do I, is that all right? Is that okay? Chavis wins. Yes. Oh, you said he, he passed the ball to Sowood. Is he trustworthy? <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, good stuff. One of I the mean, great you, did, you did win it for them, but. Oh, man. A bit, bit deep, Sowood. Like, Thanks. Just a little bit too deep, wasn't the it? The Frenchie. Nah, yeah, I have a kick that actually. He did. He looked like it. Too. It was very oh, close to the line. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we'll announce our two real winners. Our first one goes to boom, boom, boom. Chase Christensen. Congratulations. Here's a little play of what he provided. Everyone's up off their seats now as Crichton throws the ball out to Pierce. Pierce throws a long ball out to Ferguson. Ferguson's away. He stumbles. He throws an inside pass to Tedesco. Tedesco goes. He'll go for the corner. And he scores. Tedesco scores in the corner. The Blues win the series. And they win the origin. What a thriller of a game. What a thriller of a series. Oh, I love nice it. Work, I Chase. love it. I think Mum and Dad were asleep because he couldn't really go yeah, up. Yeah, he, he, he was started a bit to go like, down. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, good. that was good though. Very yeah. good. Very good. Broncos Look out cheering in the a New South Wales win as yeah, well. I think Katie knows that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Chase and I go way back. Congratulations, Chase. Well That's done, great. mate. Well and done. also our second one is Alan Essex. So here is a bit of Alan's work. Lockyer has the ball. He, he kicks it. Goes to Slater. Slater gets it. Oh, Slater. He's got one-on-one -on -one to be with Minnie. He chips over the top. Oh, Slater. If he scores. Oh, try. Try. The best try you'll see in Origin history. If he's onside, it's one of the best tries. And I guarantee you, he is onside. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Awesome. Awesome. Good on you, gents. And fun. look, they're the real winners. They get to go to Suncorp Stadium. Yeah. And also, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, have scored themselves a big voucher. So, what if they're well from done. South Wales? Can they still go? Well, look, I did ask that question, and um, <clears> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but despite it, they, they still get a pretty nifty voucher. Yes, well done, guys. So well done. They're still winners. But that's it from us, gents. Enjoy Origin 3. Wow. This we is will. our last. Our last ever show. Yep. That's all she wrote. That's it. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much to the entire team. I actually was like, wow, Michael and Jamie, the talent. You guys did amazing over our three years. We've got Chad, our EP. Chad, your legend. Thank you so much. Suze, Alicia, Alex. Zach filled in for me many times. And Katie. A, and a big thank you to Katie. Oh, I wasn't saying myself, by the way. That was No, Katie. we're giving you a plug. You've done a fantastic <laughs> job over three years. So well done, Katie. Thanks. It was great, team. You carried us. Well Until done. next time, eh? You, you want to re repeat what Sowie said to you day one? Nah. No. Have a good one. We're friends now. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>